This is episode 76, which is the first episode of season five on alternative health tools. And proudly, it's with Natalie Walker from EHF Pilates here in Carlsbad, California. It's titled Pilates, Post Rehab and Injury Recovery. And nothing's really captured my attention much until lately I was spending some time with Natalie Walker. She's the owner of EHF, which is Enhanced Health and Fitness Pilates here in Carlsbad, California. And what I discovered was there are Pilates instructors and then there are master trainers and gifted people like Natalie who have taken Pilates and turned it into a health-caring art form. Natalie's a PMA certified Pilates instructor and a master trainer with Pilates Sports Center, educating the newest generation of Pilates teachers. She has been in the fitness industry for two decades. She opened EHF Pilates in 2003 after a few years in mainstream fitness began to take its toll on her body due to various injuries. She realized working smarter rather than harder would keep her healthy and fit while her love and passion for Pilates and its healing benefits ignited the desire to share it with others and aid in their recovery as well. I now bring you Natalie Walker. It has a physical therapy aspect to it, and it's stretching, it's strengthening, but really it's beautiful movement. It's about understanding the body through the mind, through that true neuromuscular connection, and understanding what's happening when you move. In order to not be in a walker, you have to do more than just push weights around. You Mm -hmm. have to work on proper movement. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have to work on flexibility. You have to work on stability. You need the whole well-rounded program. Mm -hmm. And as a personal trainer, I found so many people coming to me saying, can I just take a pill? Uh, How about liposuction? What pill can I take? Just want to be skinny quickly. And I would say, well, what about being healthy? I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to go into what do the physical therapists do? Um, I wanted to look at what do acupuncturists do? What do chiropractors do? What is it that they're doing that is really getting deeper into the levels of their patients? And it's really that connection. It's, It's connecting with that client. It's understanding what they need and what they want. And part of it is just intuition. I haven't been taught everything that I do. When you understand your body, I feel like you have a deeper understanding of the world. You have a deeper understanding of connections, not just with your body, but to other people and to other things in the world that are important, not material. Natalie Walker, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy that you are here because I haven't really done a show on health or nutrition by myself for quite some time because um, that nothing's really interested me until I actually came to one of your events and saw the results from the people and you know that I've been talking with. Yeah, I work on building a community. That's the most important thing. You know, there are many different things to do in life, right? We Mm -hmm. have so many choices. However, I feel like there needs to be a connection for people to really want to try something new, to want to do something new, Mm -hmm. and to stay with it. Mm -hmm. So 
I have been working on building a community in my business for, you know, the past decade. But it's more than that. I grew up with five kids and my parents and there was always a community. Oh, yeah. There were friends over for dinner and my my siblings' friends were my friends. So life was always uh, it was always about the community. It was about all of us, never necessarily about one individual. And so I think that those life lessons that I learned when I was young uh, followed through to me as an adult and through into my business. Mm-hmm. Probably should let people out there know that we're talking to Natalie Walker from EHF Pilates. Yes, I'm in Carlsbad. California. California, yes. Because this podcast does end up all over the world. <laughs> oh, fabulous. So yeah. the next time you're in Carlsbad, look up Natalie. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll give some information maybe at the end. Great, thank you. In talking with you the other day, I could tell you weren't just your kind of regular healthcare practitioners, that you have a story. And you've told me the story, but I really hope you share some of it. Because, I mean, it's on your website that you had some injuries and were told that... Lots of negative stuff. Tell us a little bit more about that, a little more detail in your own words. Well, my first real injury, I was 17 years old, and I was dancing, and I slipped on a drink, and my kneecap dislocated. And when it came back into place, it shattered into pieces. Mm. Was that painful? Horribly, horribly painful. Uh, especially since I didn't get to the emergency room that evening, because of Mm. course I was 17 and I wanted to stay at the party. So when I finally, (laughs) you're right. So when I finally got to the emergency room the next morning, they could not straighten my leg and back, you know, in the late eighties, they didn't have digital x-rays. They were film. And so they could not see the shattered bones. So they casted my leg and said, oh, you probably tore the ACL or something like that. They didn't know. Um, So they said, here, here's your cast. Come back in a week and we'll see what happens. So in the meantime, I was going to community college, which was about 30 minutes away from my parents' house. And I had to drive a stick shift while the shattered knee was my left leg, which meant I had to push the clutch in through the left leg over and over. And crying the entire way to school. Every time I got my toe touched, I would just cry. It was just horrible. I went back to the physician in a week, and they took the cast off and said, oh, I'm sure it's painful. We're sorry. You know, maybe we'll do an MRI later. Let's just see if it heals on its own. So it was approximately two weeks after the incident that I found a piece of bone floating outside of my knee, and I had no idea. So I called the doctor and I said, uh, doc, I don't think this is supposed to be here. So he scheduled a surgery. It was on Valentine's day that I got oh, to go wow. in. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> uh, I remember, remember very well, my parents coming in after they had already given me the drug to make me, uh, you know, relaxed. And mm-hmm. I just remember I couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> oh, fun drug. <laughs> it was a fun drug. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was scheduled for a 15 minute surgery and it took about an hour and a half. Uh, the surgeon had to go in. He had four pieces of bone, uh, one the size of a, a half silver dollar, a few, the size of dimes and nickels and had to remove all the cartilage. So it was bone on bone. And after, uh, the surgery, he said he'd never seen anything like it. He just read it in, you know, in physicians, in journals and books. 
And um, he said, I'll probably never run or jump again. And exercise would probably be the worst thing in life for me because it was bone on bone and I would need a full knee replacement eventually, most likely within 10 years. And um, I found Pilates um, probably about 15 years ago, uh, actually 17 years ago after, after I was a aerobics instructor and a personal trainer. And I could barely walk. And so you walk. did the, the training, you, you were a trainer after the accident, I right? was a trainer after it, yes. So I got into the fitness realm. I stopped doing things for about five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a little rehab and didn't do anything because I thought, I have to listen to my doctor. He, he must be right. And then I just went to the absolute opposite side of I am going to teach aerobics and I'm going to be a personal trainer and I'm going to, you know, just go hard and have fun. And I did. And then I couldn't hardly walk anymore. My knee was hurting me so bad. So at that point, I decided I needed to do something smarter with movement. Mm. So I found Pilates. And while I was going through the apprenticeship, I ended up injuring my back on a dirt bike and very bad, painful injury, um, herniated disc, bruised disc. And I was doing observation hours at Scripps Hospitals at the time in their physical therapy department to learn more about physical therapy and perhaps become a physical therapist. And I used Pilates to recover from that. And I've had various injuries since then. I fell out of a tree and dislocated or separated my AC joint on my shoulder and tore ligaments in my ankle after walking 60 miles in the breast cancer walk. So all of these injuries have been very healing for me in that it's helped me to become better and more intuitive in working with clients. Yeah. So I can kind of get from this story that you were, I, I don't know what the term is, but extreme sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, there is a term for it. I don't know what it is, but. I just really wanted to keep up with the boys. I have brothers. Oh, okay. And um, I wanted to show the boys how strong and how good I was. And how it should be done. And, yeah. And well, more so, I just wanted to gain that respect, I think. Mm. And, and you had how many brothers? I only had two brothers. Well, that, that would be enough. But yeah, <laughs> you know, they did a lot of mean things to me, but all in good fun. So I'm just a competitive person and I wanted, mm. I like respect for athleticism. I liked respect for brains, mm. using your brain for things, mm-hmm. figuring things out. Um, that's the type of respect that I appreciate. So I think I went so extreme because I really enjoy, um, you know, I'm an avid cyclist and I enjoy it when I climb the hill and I end up passing guys, passing guys, passing guys, because I gain a lot of respect from men that way. And, and, then, and self-respect, I imagine. And, and self-respect as well. And um, yeah, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel strong and um so I was very competitive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the problem was that I actually wanted to compete with the boys. And that's when I broke myself a lot. <laughs> you just pushed too hard. I did. Yeah. Yep. So then what happened? Because part of what I experienced with you is that you've gone deeper into this. I don't know if you call it a practice, Pilates, but, you know, it's like I was looking, doing some research on Pilates and the definition on the Internet's kind of 
you know, an exercise program that uses certain apparatus. To, and it's just like, that's not how I experience you. And it's not how I've experienced the testimonies from the people that work with you. And it seems like you've gone a lot deeper into the, the practice. Well, after working as a personal trainer, I, I have two goals when I'm 90. I want to have all my teeth and I want to walk without a walker. Hmm. So I brush and I floss and I go to my dentist regularly. And in order to not be in a walker, you have to do more than just push weights around. You mm. have to work on proper movement. Uh, mm. You have to work on flexibility. You have to work on stability. You need the whole well-rounded program. Mm. And as a personal trainer, I found so many people coming to me saying, can I just take a pill? Uh, how about liposuction? What pill can I take? Everybody wants it quick, huh? Just want to be skinny quickly. And I would say, well, what about being healthy? So I looked at numerous types of physical activity programs. Mm -hmm. But what resonated with me was truly Pilates. And it has a physical therapy aspect to it. And it's stretching, it's strengthening, but really it's beautiful movement. It's about understanding the body through the mind, through that true neuromuscular connection mm. and understanding What's happening when you move? When I move my arm to the side as my my deltoid works, the opposite diagonal into the obliques and transverse abdominis is also activating like a diving board. It has four bolts and the end is where we dive from. And it's so fascinating to me to know that every single movement that I make is not, it's not just that muscle moving me. It's affecting everything. This is a kinetic chain. Mm. So I found Pilates and it starts there, but I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to go into what do the physical therapists do? Um, I wanted to look at what do acupuncturists do? What do chiropractors do? What is it that they're doing that is really getting deeper into the levels of their patients? And mm. it's really that connection. It's, it's connecting with that client. It's understanding what they need and what they want. And part of it is just intuition. intuition. I haven't been taught everything that I do. I have a, a client right now, and she's been with me for quite a long time. Um, I've become friends with her. She's a, she's a really great woman. She's, however, a little bit stubborn. And she wants to work a little harder. I want to work a little deeper. But I always have to bring to my client what they want at the time. But she was just diagnosed with a, well, well I, I should say a life-ending disease. Mm. She mm. has about three to five years to live, they've told her. And it's a pulmonary disease. So she is going to be on oxygen. But she doesn't want to give up Pilates because she loves coming in and training with me. I can imagine that would be very true. Yes. And she said, you know, Natalie, I just, I can't give this up. This has been such a joy for me. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, but I want you to understand that you're going to work deeper now. Mm -hmm. And we are moving your spine. We're moving your ribs. I need to open them. I need to give you more space. You're in a tight box and you need to breathe. Your lungs need the ability to move more. And we have to do that by getting the spine and the ribs to move. And the ribs will pull 
on those intercostals, those muscles within the ribs, they'll open more and they'll give you more space to breathe. And so in the last few sessions that we've had, it's been amazing because she tells me it, she's an RN. She says, well, it could be a placebo, but I don't think it is. Well, even if it is a placebo, uh, even if it is right, it, it's giving her something more that she needs right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But she says, I breathe better when I leave here. I absolutely positively breathe better. Mm, so yes. for me, that's just, a, it, it's, it's profound to be able to work with people on this level. Mm-hmm. So how do most people, why do most people come to you besides maybe referral? I mean, in terms of the conditions they might have, you know, you could rattle off a whole long list of reasons to come. But for your, for your people, like you have a really wonderful video on your website. Yeah which we'll give that information out to at the end. Thank you. Yeah, but that was really well done because you can really tell from these people that they absolutely love the Pilates work and, of course, working with you. Yeah, and they're they're wonderful people, and they've been with me uh, eight and six years. Um, Cheryl uh, for eight years and her husband, Salim, for six years. He has a brain injury. You know, Cheryl came to me first, and she's a physician, and she came in because she had had back surgery. Mm-hmm. And it all talks about this in the video. But she sent her husband to me, Salim, simply because he needed more help in his post-rehab work due to his brain injury and, and ambulatory issues. Mm-hmm. And she trusted me. But I didn't start this way, right? I've been doing this for 17 years now. So I started with a client base that was closer to my age, maybe a little bit younger. I was obviously 17 years younger. And I was just starting to get into the surface of training. A few years into it, I had the pleasure of working with a gentleman who was a quadriplegic. So he had been a professional sports athlete. He was a soccer player in Mexico. And he, on the way home, to his house in the States from McDonald's at 11 o'clock at night, turned the wheel of his vehicle because his drink spilled and he tried to grab it and he ended up going head on into a tree. Hmm. So it partially severed his cervical spine. So he had some movement and he had some sense still, some sensory still, Mm -hmm. but he couldn't, you know, hold a water glass, but he could still move his arm forward and back. He didn't have the mobility of his hand anymore. He had braces on his legs. And he tried for years to beat it. He said, I'm going to beat this. And this is before I met Derek. And he said, I'm going to beat this. Um, He would walk the length of a football field three times with a walker. He had his, his parents installed one of the pools that have the stream going through it. So you are just constantly swimming. And he tried that and tried that and said, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to beat this. And but he hurt. Mm-hmm. He hurt. And he said, finally, I realized, you know, there's more to life than this. So when he was referred to me, I was still a new trainer. I didn't really know what I was doing in that I'd never worked with someone in his condition. Not that I didn't you know knew what, what I was you doing. were doing, but yes, you were, you were in practice and this was a case that you probably weren't told about. I was never taught. So it's not that I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't know exactly how to go about training somebody in his condition. So this is where you started to develop your intuition. Absolutely. And your intellect, I'm sure. Yeah. 
to come up with manipulations or interventions that uh, might work? Yeah, so I would pick him up out of his chair and I would put him onto a piece of apparatus that is uh, called a trap table reformer conversion piece. And it's converted from what Joe Pilates original invented, his trap table, what he called the Cadillac at the time, and the reformer. And between the two, I have now a mobile uh, surface, a kind of a bed or a sled, if you will, that my client can lie on. And then up above is a cage and, and Joe invented this during uh, World War II. And he invented it from basically a striker hospital bed. So Mm. it had a trapeze on it. And so instead of keeping the trapeze, I could disconnect it and I put springs up there. And then I would put Velcro straps around his legs to make sure his legs stayed straight, Mm -hmm. that they didn't wobble. Mm -hmm. I would choose a tension that he could work with. Uh, His arms, anything that I needed, I would just suspend and i would choose a spring tension and i would i would practice i would change the spring tensions to see what worked best for him so you're designing interventions for some of your clients that have different yeah that maybe other pilates people may not even want to touch i'm imagining yeah so in other words real challenging cases yeah very challenging but i wasn't afraid i just wanted to help him Mm-hmm. And I remember profoundly his words about how lucky I was that I could pick up a glass of water and drink it because he could no longer do that. Mm-hmm. And from there, I decided that I wanted to get deeper. So that became a challenge, I'm imagining. I, I suppose it was a challenge, but it was more, I, I, I definitely challenged myself. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more. I want to know more. I'm a bit of a sponge for information. You know, I love information. Mm-hmm. And um, so after that, I actually had worked, well, actually at the same time, I was working in another location and it was a Pilates and physical therapy studio. So I learned a lot there. So I worked at Pilates People. It was a physical therapy and rehab studio. Mm-hmm. And um, it had Pilates mostly, the owners were a physical therapist and a kinesiologist. And so I learned a lot from them. I'll bet. Yeah. And that was so fascinating. I did my physical therapy observation hours at Scripps Hospitals. I was going to go to Loma Linda. I was speaking to the dean at the time, Larry Chinook, and looked like I was going to do that. But during my PT hours, or the observation hours, I realized that it's so limited in the fact that insurance companies rule what most physical therapists do. Based on what they can get them paid for. Exactly. It's not that physical therapists don't know what they're doing in any way. It's just that they Mm -hmm. are, their hands are tied. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, a half an hour with a client who or patient who then goes to the physical therapy assistant. And from there they have to do charting and they have to write everything down and they have to use the goniometers to find out what the degree of flexion currently is and whether or not that has been improved since last time. I saw this need of Pilates of being able to offer a service that is not ruled by the insurance company that is not governed by the state. It gives you so much more freedom in working with people. And I 
went the avenue of Pilates for post-rehab injury prevention and injury recovery, partly because I have injured myself so many times. Yeah. And it, you know, I want to make myself feel better. And I have a unique empathy to people with injuries and with physical issues because I've had them. I've lived through pretty darn good pain (laughs) or pretty bad pain, I should say. Yeah. And I've recovered and I still have issues with my back and my knee is still only half there with no cartilage. But, you know, it's been 30 years I haven't needed knee replacement. And I attribute a lot of that to Pilates because when I started in personal training, I worked so hard that I was I was limping. I was having such a difficult time with my knee. And I know when it's going to rain. But other than that, you know, when it's going to rain, I, I do. My knee kills oh. me. <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. But other than that, I don't have a lot of problems with my knee. Mm. And I attribute that to Pilates for sure. So what is your routine to keep yourself kind of in some sort of health and shape? So my routine, I walk my dog, but not real far. Mm-hmm. I love to cycle. And if my back is feeling okay, Um, I cycle and sometimes I'm extreme. I can cycle 150 miles a week when I have the time, but I do own a business and I am a master trainer. So I am an educator for Pilates. I have students and I have clients and I have trainers and I am very busy sometimes. So as far as my cardiovascular, it's the bicycle on a trainer sometimes in the studio. Mm. And beyond that, it's Pilates. I don't go to the gym. I don't do traditional weight training. Um, I practice Pilates in as many ways as I can. Sometimes I want to do a strength training workout, so I focus a little more on strength. Sometimes I want to do a flexibility workout. I have to make modifications for myself because I can't do it everything Mm -hmm. because of all my injuries. And so I have to practice myself to stay in shape and to feel good, and that helps me with my clients. Because when I can't do something the way that it was designed by Joe, or the way that perhaps I've learned it on our West Coast style, which is different than the traditional style that Joe created. How different? What's the difference? West Coast style came from uh, Joe's wife, Clara. Mm-hmm. And she was a registered or a trained nurse. And so she worked with the people in New York uh, in his studio of contrology who had more injuries. So she was a little bit more gentle and a little bit more caring. Um, Joe was, you know, German and very, very demanding of people. And he worked with a lot of famous dancers. And that's why people think it's for dancers. But he was a trained boxer. Uh, He was a trained the Scotland Yard, a martial artist. He was a gymnast. Uh, He was also a very sick child. And he had asthma. And, you know, back in the 20s, when he was born in the 30s growing up, in Germany, they didn't have the pharmaceuticals where you take a puff and your lungs are better. So he stu- he studied yoga and Zen for breathing, especially to help him with his asthma. So people think, oh, Pilates is like yoga. No, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. There are acrobatic things to it. There is strength training. There is flexibility. There is mostly just mobility. He was fascinated by the body being able to do so many different things. Mm. But Clara was really the one who said, I'm going to work more with the people who are injured because the dancers would come to Joe when they were injured 
it was the studio of contrology. But instead of saying, oh, I'm going to the studio of contrology, they just say, oh, I'm going to Pilates. So everyone got to know it in the 1940s after he immigrated. Uh, it was all Broadway. There was no television. So they understood the method as Pilates because it was invented by him. Mm-hmm. So from Joe in New York, some of the people who came to his studio, some of his patrons became trainers themselves. They would do a internship with him for a few years. Then they would become a trainer of his. And then they would ask his permission to open a studio like his. And he would say yes, or maybe no. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, depending on who it was. And... Exactly. And then it would slowly migrate out from there mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. other states. And that's why it took so long to become popular on the West Coast. Well, by the time it came to the West Coast, there was a lot of new information, a lot of new information about kinesiology, mm-hmm. about even about physiology. Um, anatomy, well, it, we it pretty much. It constantly evolves. Yes, constantly. And even anatomy, I mean, it's pretty close to what it was, you know, a century ago, but there's been a few changes. Okay, you mentioned kinesiology before, so let's let's talk a very little about that. Okay. Because I know that you were in a, you were someplace where you grabbed some information about it. So tell everybody what your take on kinesiology is. Well, kinesiology is Mm -hmm. specifically the study of the movement of the body, and there's a lot of mathematics behind that. But for me, it's really watching people move, seeing how they move, and understanding that functionality and how we can improve it. Mm. So it it goes really well with Pilates, doesn't it? That's what it is, really. It's, you know, it's, it's really all about the control of the body. Mm-hmm. And that is kinesiology, of course, is much more in depth than that. Mm-hmm. But that's what they're looking at. They're looking at the study of the human movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it took me a while to develop my eye to be able to see as much as I can now. Mm-hmm. But I was lucky enough to go through a program that was West Coast style, in my opinion, lucky because West Coast style, by following a little bit more of Calera's lineage, uh, one of the women who created the program that I went through, Marie-Jose Bloom, was a kinesiologist on faculty at um, Loyola Marymount at the time. And so her program was so in-depth and it talked about the modifications and the variations and how do we pillow people up if they can't, if they can't get to the floor, how do we make the floor come to them in a way that we make them comfortable, in a way that we make them pain-free and let them move like my client who was a quadriplegic. I was able to have him move without pain. And he was so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was so profound for me to be able to take what I've learned and not have a box. The traditional Pilates, in my opinion, is it's in a box and it's wonderful. I love the traditional method, but because of all my injuries, I cannot do a lot of it. It is too extreme for me. So, Is there any kind of mind connection with this? It's... It, all mind body. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, there's a good friend of mine, Carrie Lake, and I haven't seen her for a while, but I learned from her mind, watch the body. Because yeah. most of us pay no attention to our 
body and how we feel, we spend so much time in our head. Absolutely. So you encourage people to do that too? Or how does that work? Absolutely. When people come to my studio, I teach them what the core muscles are. Not mm-hmm. by telling them the names, because, right. you know, who cares for them? They don't care. I I love anatomy, so of course, I'm very interested in that. But for them, I just tell them it's like a popcorn tin. It has a wall, a seam, a floor, and a lid. And so I have them feel different areas in the abdomen. Um, I have them breathe in a specific way and feel what's beneath them and beside them and around them. I have them touch certain areas because that somatic feedback, that sensory feedback that you get brings your mind and attention to that specific area in that muscle group. So I try to encourage all of my clients to really focus on what are they feeling when they're learning it. I stop them and I say, so tell me about your experience. What did you feel? What do you think about that? How can we improve that? And it takes people quite a while to get to the point where they can get into their bodies and really understand it through their mind because we are beings that live in our head. Everything seems to be in the mind. The lack of communication to bodies nowadays is profoundly sad. Mm, Disconnect. Yeah, very disconnected. So when I'm working with my my clients, I I try to promote that as much as possible. Mm. But we also have to realize that we are in a Western civilization who's in their head. So we have to work with these clients and know when to pull back mm-hmm. and just kind of let them go through the movements and let them zone out a little bit. Because if you're too intense, I've noticed <laughs> people sometimes, they almost get a headache. It's too much. Yeah. So what is next for you? What are you working on next? I'm working on my teacher training program Mm -hmm. as an educator. So Um, to teach other people to teach. Yeah. I'm mentoring my students. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a quiz yesterday, actually. Uh, Our second quiz is, is an oral test. And I have four students. And I like the small environment. I love to be with Uh, with a small group because I can really mentor my students. And uh, one of them was, you know, she was struggling a little bit. And I, I added laughter. I made them laugh in many different ways just to try to ease their body language. I saw the tension in their shoulders and everywhere because of course tests are difficult and especially you're in front of your peers as a student and then you have to answer a question Mm. and what if you get it wrong? I mean, no one likes to be wrong. So I started making jokes and it got easier and they all did very well and I'm very happy about that. So I'm curious, I have a question for you. Yeah. So what has Pilates taught you about life? That's an interesting question. It's taught me patience for sure. It's taught me sympathy for myself because sometimes I'm very sympathetic and empathetic to others. But as I've mentioned before, I've beaten myself up trying to compete, trying to be better. So it's taught me a very high level of understanding 
that it's okay if I'm not the best. It's okay if I'm not the fastest. And it's okay if I'm not the strongest. My goal is to live the journey. It's to be part of my journey and understand that it's always going to be learning. And if you stop learning, you just, I, I just feel like you stop living. That's, that's my experience. Yeah. So Pilates has really brought that to me in a, in a very profound way and a deeper appreciation for life, a deeper, deeper appreciation for relationships. Even, you know, I have a, uh, older couple who came in the other day for the first time. And I have been communicating with her for three years. She's been wanting to come into the studio, but they haven't found time, et cetera, et cetera. They came in, they've come in twice and I got the most wonderful email. They're in their seventies. And I got the most wonderful email from her saying, you are exactly what we were looking for. Mm, you nice. were able to connect to my husband in a way that other people haven't. And, and it's a whole piece that's missing in healthcare. Yes. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. So it was just a big thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonderful email. And that's what I, that's my reward. That is what I I love. That is what I want to have happen. Not that necessarily people, everybody needs to thank me, but I want to know that I made a difference in their life. And I feel you know, back when I was a personal trainer and aerobics instructor, I that was not that the wasn't goal. a part of it. That really wasn't. It was let's just be skinny. But here it's let's be healthy. Let's have a better quality of life. Let's live life. Let's feel our bodies and understand that this is the only vessel that I have to go through life right now. Mm-hmm. So I need to take care of it. I need to understand it. I need to talk to it. Instead of living in my brain and my head all the time, I need to start pulling into what I have been given to go through this world. Because when you talk to your body, your body talks to you and it tells you some pretty amazing things. A lot of people don't understand that. They don't get that. But when you understand your body, I feel like you have a deeper understanding of the world. You have a deeper understanding of connections, not just with your body, but to other people. Mm-hmm. And to other things in the mm-hmm. world that are important, not mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. So tell me one thing you think people need to know or hear that would make a difference. Besides, yeah. you've already talked about gratitude, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, for Meister Eckhart, I know says this if all you had was gratitude, that would be enough in life. Didn't mean to preempt you there, but. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think people need to hear? What would make a difference? I know. Um, I think people need to really find compassion. Mm. They need to find empathy and compassion for themselves and empathy and compassion for others. And they need to be grateful that they have the ability to do things, the ability to move the ability to think the ability to run or walk yeah, that's really taken for granted isn't it it is we get in these vehicles and we think oh i'm gonna push the pedal and i'm gonna go but what happens when the vehicle is gone 
what do we have left? We have us, mm. just us. And we have to learn how to get through this world in an um, empathetic, compassionate way, both for ourselves and for others. Mm. I couldn't agree more. Thank you. So how would you like people to get in touch with you? What's the best way? Uh, because I'm with clients and training my students to become teachers and all the business stuff, the best way would be through email. Okay, from the um, website? From the website, yeah, at www.ehfpilates.com. That's Enhanced Health and Fitness, Pilates.com. And there is a link in there. You can get a hold of us through there or info at ehfpilates.com. Um, you know, I I offer, once a month, I offer a free Pilates for injury Really? Workshop, yeah. Is it like the first, second, third Monday, something like that? Uh, it's usually the first uh, Saturday of the month, actually, around 1030 in the morning. Nice. And it's just really, I only allow six people in this workshop, and it's free to the public. I want people to come in, and, and you know, I only want six people because I want to know what is wrong with you. What is your so injury? they can email you to get on that list. Yeah, actually, from the website, it does mm-hmm. say in the front page and in the um, group schedule, it, there is a link to go on to the Mind Body Online account. So you just register and you go in and you sign up for free. That's and awesome. I, I know some people I'm going to send your way. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah no. I, wa- I love to work with people with injuries because of my experience. Yep. That is so profound for me to be able to help people. And if I could do this job and never charge a dime, I would. So I want to give to our community and I want to offer this free class, this monthly workshop. You come in and and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to find out what is your injury. And I want to teach you what to do to help yourself, to help your injury, or just help you move, to help you get a stronger core and start understanding that your body is there and you should be aware of it. And you need to be grateful for it. You need to understand. That's a huge service, Natalie. I really thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Yeah. Anything else you want to include? Thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, like I said, I wasn't inspired to do much until we talked and it's just like, I'm doing this. Yeah. There's so, so much more that I would love to to talk about a little bit more in depth uh, as far as, you know, body connections and... Do you want to schedule that another time? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back. Okay. Thank good. you. All right. Thanks. All right.